Uh, before we get started, I just want to cover this in prayer so that God's Spirit is just continues to stay in this place. So let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us just to come and worship you, to serve you, to be your children in your presence, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us, and we ask that as I speak, Lord, that you would prick the hearts, that you would show them and myself where we fail and how your grace covers us, Lord. Just show us how you love us through this message, Lord. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. So this week, as I've studied, I've really begun to think about what, about these heroes in our lives. So like, I begin to think, well, what heroes are in my life? And you've got the traditional, my parents are my hero. Like, that's the really goody-two-shoe kid to answer. My parents are my heroes. Well, my, mine are. So, you know, that's what you know about me. But also, you've got these soldiers who go and give their lives. They offer up a sacrifice to offer us freedom here in this country, to be able to come and do what we're doing right now. And then you've got those, like, kids, teenagers, and some adults who are super nerdy or whatever, who really like the superheroes, the Captain Americas, the Batman, Superman, and all of this. But these heroes are very special to us. We enjoy them because they're doing good. They're helping people. They're making a better world for everyone. But these heroes, they're great for us, but some of them even aren't real. They're just characters on a TV screen. But these heroes, the ones that are real, they even have limitations. Our parents, our soldiers... The parents, they can only protect their children when they're with them. The soldier, he can't protect the front lines at home when he's in the front lines overseas. See, our, our heroes that we experience today have limitations. But what if, what if we could imagine a hero, the ultimate hero, who had none of these limitations, who wasn't bound by any shape of our imagination, you know, even in the movie theaters where they could make anything seem to happen, they don't even come close to what the power of Christ has. You see, Christ is the ultimate hero because he's, he is not bound by the things that we are used to seeing him bound by or seeing other heroes bound by. He, he can be in one place at the other. But the one thing that defines an ultimate hero to me was the fact that uh, the everyday hero that we see can only affect a certain group of people. He can only reach those that are around him, maybe a city, but he, he can't reach the whole world, much less reach the whole world every day. But Jesus, he is the ultimate hero because he can do this. He can reach every person every day. And it's through what we were singing about, his love that he has for us, that we are able to experience him as the ultimate hero, the Savior. Because when he laid himself on that cross for us, to redeem us, to offer salvation for us, that's when he showed his true power, his love for us, because he was offering us the ability to know him. Now today we're going to be reading in Luke 7, verses 11 through 17. So if you'll go ahead and turn there. And we're going to look at the power that Christ has. The big idea for today is that the power of Christ changes everyday life. We're going to look at how the power of Christ changes our everyday life. 
and how it changed the everyday life of a woman who had a son who had died. So let's go ahead and read Luke 7, 11 through 17. And it said, Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he, was appro- as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and he touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all, they were filled, all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. So as we're, we're going to break this up into three sections and look at the three actions that the power of Christ has in everyday life. So the first action that we see is the power of Christ's response to the broken. In verses 12 through 14, it says that as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier, and the, they were carrying him on, and the bear stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. So the power that Christ has responds to the broken. You guys, I don't know what anybody in here has been through, but I don't know how many people have lost a child, but this mother had lost her only son, this young man. And I can't imagine what it's like to lose a child. There's no tellings. But when Jesus saw her, he saw that she was broken. He saw that she needed something. And when Jesus approached her, he did what most of us would consider unthinkable. He, He said, don't cry. Now to me, When I read that, I'm like, how would you say that to a mother who lost a child? Why would you ever say, don't cry? But Jesus knew that the power that was within him did not end at that moment where he responded to her just by speaking. He knew that he could do much more and he could reach her and respond to her in a magnificent way. One that in days like today, we can only imagine. You see... The woman, the woman was broken, and he, he reached out to her. He responded to her. And I, I began to think about, in my life, I've, I've seen a friend, a family friend, go through this situation where they lost a child. child had been in the hospital for a couple months. And I remember the first night, it was about a year ago, in January, sitting in the hospital with that family, Sitting there, we'd be talking with them and having a really, you know, as good a time as you could in the pediatric ICU. We were trying to just be there for the family and share with them the love that we had for this family. But every, every now and then, the reality would hit them and they realized our son, our less than one-year-old son is in the hospital and we don't know what's going to happen. They would break down in tears and you would sit there and be like, what do I do? How can I help these people? 
I don't want to see anyone broken. And so I began to think, well, how does, how does Christ call me to respond to the broken? And in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, it says this, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You see, the power of Christ responds to the broken, but his love compels us to respond to those who are broken. And today, like Jennifer was talking about during worship, she wanted to be broken over the fact that there are people who don't have the answers to why, why God is doing what is, he's doing or why he's allowing to happen what is happening and why they're going to help. We have the answers. And Jennifer is broken because she wants to express those answers and allow people to realize how they're broken because her brokenness helps other people understand their brokenness. To me, when people are broken, Christ's love compels me to respond to them, to show them how the love that Christ has given me is here for everybody. And it changes our everyday life because it changes the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we work. It changes how we love people and how we show that love to people. The power of Christ that responds to the broken responded to me when I was broken over my sin. And it responds to others when they become broken over their sin. And so we, we go on, and Christ didn't just say, don't cry. But he also said, young man, I say to you, get up. Those words right there are incredible. Because Christ spoke to this man. And in verse 15, it says, The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. This is where we see the second action of the power of Christ. And that is the power of Christ resurrects the dead to life. Think about that. A man who was dead, on his way to the grave, was, being, was raised to life. The power of Christ that was within, within Christ spoke to this man and he came back to life. It's interesting to me that when I think about my life and how I live, I realize that now I've been granted the gift of eternal life. God has offered me salvation through his son, through the sacrifice that Christ made, through the response to my brokenness, to my sinfulness. Christ responded to me and offered to resurrect my life. Because in Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of this air, of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That, that right there, speaks to how I was before Christ responded to me. Before Christ responded to my sinfulness, my brokenness, I was dead. I was following the ways of the world. I was doing things that Christ would just, I mean, he's, throwing, he's allowing people to do because it's a choice. But to me, Christ resurrected my life when he responded to my brokenness. He spoke into my life and said, 
I want you, child. You are mine. And it, when it was just incredible because the power of Christ speaks life into the dead. My, dead, my deadness in my life, my sinfulness, was brought to life because of the sacrifice of Christ. It was amazing to me to see and hear testimonies of people who experience this death to life transformation. Because you don't ever see people gradually just change and be like, yeah, whatever. Whenever you get a true resurrection of life, when your life becomes resurrected through Christ, you see them change. Like the song says, you see the fire burning within their soul that Christ is lit. He's responded to them and showed them how he loves that person, how he loves us, all of us, no matter how broken we are. And he responded to us. And he lights that fire. And to me, it is one of the most amazing things that I've ever experienced. And then, when the... When the power of Christ responds to the broken and resurrects the dead to life, this leads us to our third point, our, our third action of the power of Christ. And that's the power of Christ results in glory to God. Now in Luke 7, verses 16 through 17, this is what said, They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. In other translations, verse 16, it says they were filled with fear. And this is the fear of God, the understanding of who God is, and they were in awe. You know that moment where you just see something amazing? And you stand there and you're like, wow. These people saw a man literally resurrected from death to life. They were able to see the power of Christ respond to this broken mother. And then resurrect the dead from life. And it resulted in giving in these people, the two large crowds, the one that was following Jesus and the one that was following the mother... It gave these two large crowds the opportunity to see the glory that God should receive. It was, I mean, a great prophet has appeared among us. This goes back into Deuteronomy, a prophecy about Jesus coming. And then you see, and God has come to help his people. Do we, do we even live that way right now? Do we live like God's come to help his people? Because in my life, I can tell you, I have not. I have shamefully failed at this opportunity. When Christ responded to my brokenness and resurrected my life, for a moment, like most people, I experienced that fire that was dwelling within my soul. I love to share the gospel. But until we understand the love of Christ that compels us and the power that He has within Himself to, for us, we're not going to live and allow God to get the glory. And I, I begin to think about moments where I, I like to get glory for myself. I love to play basketball, and it's my favorite sport. And I would love to do amazing things with it, but that's not what God called me to do. But no matter what I was doing on the court, 
it was always about what I could do. How I could be glorified in what I was doing. What opportunity I was given to make my name great. But that changes when Christ responds to your brokenness, your sinfulness, and when He resurrects the dead from life. In Romans 14.8, it says, If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Now, a life that lives that way is a life that's been changed by the power of Christ. It's not a life that says, yeah, I accept salvation, but I'm just going to sit back. This is talking about the life that understands that when we are responded to by Christ, He resurrects us from death to life, that we experience the opportunity to give Him glory. To no longer worry about the glory that we receive, but to worry about the glory that God is getting. To make sure every effort is given to give God glory. And these people, they understood that Jesus, His power had performed amazing things. Because they, they didn't bottle it inside. But it says the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and, in, and the surrounding country. I mean, think about that. Two large crowds. If we think about it today, in the number of people following Jesus and the people who attend a funeral, let's think about 150 people in a service. You probably get about that many in a large funeral. So you've got 300 people. If we took 300 people in this city, which is roughly about the size of our church, then we should... See it spreading everywhere. But when we are just half-heartedly serving God, like I have before, then we see a city of 16,007 people who are unreached. We see a city who is not living for Christ. But we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to allow Christ to resurrect this city. But not just this city... But He can do amazing things throughout this country, this continent, and into the whole world. We're getting ready to send out the first of what I expect to be many missionaries from this church to go share the gospel across the world. That is an amazing opportunity for God to receive glory everywhere just through what this church is doing. Just through what God is doing in this church. And it's amazing to be a part of it. Not to say, hey, look, I'm Adam and I go to the gathering. But it's amazing to say, I go to the gathering and look what God is doing there. There's nothing that I want to be a part of anymore that is Adam. Look at Adam. I don't want to be the hero that saves the world. I don't even want to be the basketball player that has his name called out. I want to be the man of God that serves Christ under his authority. That says, I understand that I'm broken. I've failed. But he responded to me. He took my life from living according to the wicked ways and changed me so that I live according to the righteous law that God's given. Not that I'll ever measure up, but by the grace of God, 
the mercy that he's given me, that I'm able to share my story, to go out and say, God, I love you and I want to share with this world. I want to share with this city. If I was able to share with two people what Christ has done and they were to hold on to it, and then they were to share with two people, exponentially growing the body, the kingdom of Christ, not this church, but the kingdom of Christ would grow in such a way that all of the churches in this city would be full. They wouldn't be shutting down. But the power of Christ would resurrect these dead churches back to life. He would resurrect every one of us inside of us and allow us to share this message, not to say, look, I've done it all, but to say, look what God's done in me. Look how God's changed me because I'm this sinful man. Look how God's offered his grace and mercy and thank him for it. I, I love the obedience that Christ calls us to, to have. And I've, I've realized through preparing this week that I've failed so much in every one of these points. Even being broken over my own sin. Because there's some weeks where it's just so easy to get in the routine and to feel like you're doing well. And be like, man, this week's been great. And then God said, look, you're a screw-up. I'm the screw-up. He's like, I've resurrected you from death to life, not that you can go back to what you're doing, but so that you can live to glorify my name. And so, this week, we have an amazing opportunity, just like every other week. Because every day that God gives us breath, every opportunity to share, we have the need to share because of what Jennifer said. There's people dying who don't know the answers to whether they sh what's going on with heaven and hell and whether they should be. We should be willing and focused on teaching these people, teaching, understanding ourselves that we are broken, that we need to be resurrected, and that the glory of God is His, and it's not ours. We need to seek to give Him that glory every opportunity we have. And you know, these heroes that I talked about earlier, none of them, well, very few of them, set out to be heroes. They set out to help the world, to help people in need, to help others focus. But Jesus said, I'm not just coming to help a limited number of people. He said, I'm going to be the ultimate hero. I'm going to be that sacrifice for all of mankind from eternity past to eternity future. That whoever needs me, I'm their savior. I'm their sacrifice. I'm responding to them and I want them to come into a relationship with me. The power that Christ has to respond to the broken, to resurrect the dead to life, and to result in glory to God is the power that dwells within us and allows us and compels us to go love this city, to go love this nation, and to go love this world. We don't we are not limited to the people that we know. And with the opportunities we have today, we have the opportunity via internet to reach people anywhere. So as we go out, just remember, remember 
what God's done for you. Remember the sacrifice that Christ made, the love that He has, and the salvation He's offering you if, if you're broken. And if you have been resurrected, if you have been given new life, please seek to give God glory. Be broken over this. Understand that God is the one who loves you. And He loves other people too. Everyone else. And He wants you to share. So let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. So there, there's some of you who... You may not understand any of this. You may not understand that what it means for a Savior who died for you. Who's offering you salvation. But you see... When we die, we do experience these. We go to one of two places, either heaven or hell. And it's determined by whether God knows you and you know God. Whether His sacrifice has atoned for your sins. And if that's you and you, you don't know that you've accepted that salvation, that you've been given that new life, I ask you to find someone, to come to any of the leaders here at the church, to come to any of us who are willing to pray with you and say, look, I, I don't have that salvation. I'm broken, but I haven't been given my new life. I haven't been resurrected. We are more than willing to pray with you. And if, if those of you who are resurrected, who have been given new life, if you're not living the life that gives God glory, I urge you, like Christ has urged me this week, to begin to live a life that glorifies God. Seek to be compelled by His love to show others the love that He has for you. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for the opportunity that You've given us to learn about your power, the love that you've showed us and the sacrifice that you've made. Lord, we ask that for those of us who are broken, Lord, we ask that you would respond in a mighty way. Show them your glory. Show them their worth in you. And Lord, to those of us who have failed to live a life that glorifies you, Lord, we ask that you would just prick our hearts Make us new. Mold us into those beings that can't help but share the gospel with other people. That can't help but to love others because you've loved us. As we go out this week, Lord, I ask that you would just help us both and respond to us all. In your name we pray. Amen.